0: You had me at. Hell no. Hello, and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I And thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If you are returning to the madness, welcome once again. If you are new, welcome. We're happy to have you. It's so good to welcome a new face, ears. A new face that we cannot see, (laughs) ears that we can only assume Mm -hmm. are listening with undivided attention. Or if you're also like doing a puzzle or something, we're cool with that too.
1: Thank you for playing. Um... (laughs) Uh, this is our podcast where we talk about romance movies, and one of our main one of our main issues is that we're we're two women, and these what? movies I know, these movies are typically marketed towards women, and yet for a lot of them they
0: fucking hate women. There's a lot of really harmful stereotypes that have become so embedded in mm. pop culture that really make these films problematic and they're not just bad for women they're bad for people of color they're bad for the queer community and women within those communities as Mm -hmm. well yeah and and here's the thing they are not
1: these tropes are not just in these movies but when they're evident in the i think what's frustrating is that once again because these are marketed towards women and towards other marginalized groups as like ooh, like see we're actually showing you in the movie you it's get like, one too be grateful that you you we even let you in be yeah. grateful we're talking about you and then the way they talk about us is like this stupid fucking
0: bitch um yeah this fat cow this it's it's really um, problematic and you could even say that our podcast is a sociopolitical analysis oh god. through a gendered lens oh my god you may be laughing right now, but God. I have a master's degree that I don't use. Bit, yeah, you got a big swinging dick, though.
1: <laughs> Another reason we are exploring these types of movies is because we... Uh, aren't typically drawn to them otherwise they aren't our go-to for relaxation
0: not at all yet for two people who are avowed romance haters we've seen so many of them yeah and we have ones that we enjoy and ones that are part of our
1: repertoire yeah but typically i watch action melanie watches horror uh spooky shit all the way for me yeah is there a horror movie that you watched recently honey
0: no, um, but again, my pandemic anxiety's been pretty bad, so I've actually mm-hmm. been getting kind of scared. Uh-huh. So yeah. I've been watching a lot of uh, BBC comedy. Ooh, I like it. Which yeah. uh, which which ones? Toast of London. I've watched it maybe like six times. Oh my god, Matt Barry,
1: I love. Matt oh,
0: ba- here's I a- would kiss Matt Barry on the mouth if he would let me. I
1: would too. The one uh, if you this um, if you want some British comedy, but also want to get a little horror fix. Um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place.
0: Oh, love Garth Marenghi. Okay. So good. Yes.
1: And I, I typically, <sighs> uh, I'll watch like silly action. I particularly love like an 80s kind of vibe. Um mm. Or like early 90s.
0: You love action movies about friendship.
1: I do. When people aren't friends in movies, I'm like, but why? This is a much more, it's much more compelling to see like the relationship and how that would affect the action. I watched... I watched with the via like of one of those virtual watch party things. I watched underworld evolution with my friend.
0: Oh, sorry for your loss. Oh my
1: God. Is that movie not good? And I, the whole time I was like, wait, so somewhere in this, no one's friends in that movie, which is part of why I don't like it. It's also not compelling. And the whole time I was like, why are they so mean to these werewolves? I only care about the werewolves. (laughs) because you like dogs. I just feel bad for them. We didn't watch a horror movie or an action movie this time.
0: Uh we watched
1: <laughs>
0: We watched The Sex and the City movie. Yes, And this one was my choice. Yes. So you're welcome, fuck you. Well, before we get into it though, we even though uh,
1: Melanie and I uh consume a lot of movies as oh a way boy, to chill out. Um, we have someone with us who doesn't do that to chill out, our sound engineer, Tiff. Hi, Tiff.
2: Hi, Allie. Hi, Mel.
1: Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Good. So, so Tiff, we so, watched the Sex and the City movie. Oh, boy, did we? Have you seen it? Do you have an idea about it? What do you know about it? What is your guess?
2: I, so, did it precede the TV series or did it follow it? It followed it. followed it. it, followed it. Great well i'm a, I'm a longtime avid non-watcher of the <laughs> Sex in the City series yes. so I'm gonna guess that it's a movie with you know you've got your Monica <laughs> and your Rachel and your Carrie <laughs> and you've probably got
0: um, Who else? Who else?
2: Oh my God! We uh, need three more
0: names. Three oh, more I names. do
2: not. I have one more if <laughs> we're lucky. <laughs> there are some guys to You
0: have Coach <laughs> Schmidt.
2: <laughs> I don't get what you're
1: <laughs> referencing. <laughs> it was New Girl. The thing Sorry, is I was oh going God. Going. Okay. So you went New Girl. I was going Cheers. <laughs> See, that's. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then you have Brian
0: and Joe and Lol. That's Wang and Fraser and Niles. Fraser and Niles and Daphne. <laughs> anyway, we have we have sidetracked. So Tiffer, based only on the title of the movie "Sex and the City," what do you think the plot is about?
2: It's Monica and Rachel and Carrie and the <laughs> other ones in the city, and sometimes they have sex if the guy is sponge worthy.
1: What? <laughs>
2: Sorry, I just, I just wanted to sponge cry. Right, right. Y'all yeah, were. Did you see that
0: episode? No. Oh, it's were, Elaine, wait, is it like if you have a one of the contraceptive sponges? Yeah. That's am I Elaine's, gonna waste a sponge it's, on it's this It's Elaine's now? preferred version of birth control, and they stopped making it, so she bought a bunch of them. So the whole episode is her going on dates, deciding if the guy is sponge worthy. I hate this.
2: Y'all were, you know, referencing other pop culture things, so I'm like.
0: That was really I good. Know, too. What, hey, I can't can go make wrong a with Seinfeld. Can't go wrong. Sponge
2: worthy. Like
0: do they still make? Th- they still make those? I have no idea. I think they do. I have an IUD. I went through a lot of pain for my, oh my birth God. control, so I don't know. My birth control is I um. I just don't. I just have <laughs> it's abstinence. It's just um. I, I just
1: it's hang crushing out. Crushing loneliness.
2: Meanwhile, I'm over here. Having a kid. Having a kid.
1: <laughs> Your birth control was, we di- it didn't work.
2: It didn't work.
1: <laughs> the birth control is like you're controlling
0: the fact.
2: The, we have a, birth to, control. Have a Listen, birth to
0: control. When that child arrives, th- it, it, these aunts are going to spoil it oh so my much. God. We already You're not even ready. We've, been, we've all, been planning so much. We already are like, I'm so excited for <laughs> what?
1: We for, are like, so excited for this baby. To hang baby out outfits,
0: with the Baby the baby photos, baby books, baby toys, babysitting. Hanging out with the baby, going on. I'm not a hiker. I'll hike with your baby. Um, <laughs> I'll do it. But yeah. That was Tiffer's pop culture osmosis. So thank you, Tiffer. Thank you, Tiff. You are not wrong, but you are also not quite right. We'll get into it, but before we do, yes. um, we had uh, a very special listener interaction. <gasps> yes! Because uh, for those of you who either listened or didn't listen last week when we talked about the film New Year's Eve, we were making some pretty wild claims about giving uh, yeah. birth and uh, yeah. cervixes, because and, uh, <laughs> that, clearly both of us know, we've had babies, both of us have had babies before. No. No, we None. haven't.
1: And and we are, it, because there is a joke in the in in New Year's Eve where it's like someone is asked they ask the pregnant woman about their cervixes. And we are like how far dilated they yeah. are. Yeah. And I'm like, and A, they wouldn't know that, but also and we were like you have to look in and see it. You have to use a speculum. We were like, you have to look in. And so we got a message from a loyal listener that we love. Um I have who, never met, but I love you. I have met her, I love her. She is uh, Tiffer's sister, Adeline. So hi, Adeline. Hi. We love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And we're going to share your
0: knowledge with the world. All right.
1: Also, whatever voice I'm about to do, this is not how she sounds at all, but this is like my reading voice. Oh. So. Hi, Allie, Mel, Tiffer, Tony Ravioli, and assorted sound equipment and appropriate masks. I'm Tiffer's big sister, and I am a birth doula, student midwife, and two-time baby ejector and I wanted to add more information to your explanation of cervical exams. You mentioned that a nurse would not ask a laboring woman how dilated her cervix is, and you're absolutely right. It is hard to check your own cervix, and it's not a task you're expected to do before heading to the hospital. However, you then described it as a doctor looking at the cervix to see how dilated it is. That's not generally how cervical exams are done in labor. Most of the time, a cervical exam is a manual exam, where the provider inserts two fingers into the vagina, finds the cervix, and then essentially sees how many fingers fit into the cervix and then how far the cervix will open with their fingers. The amount is the cervical dilation, which starts at zero, closed cervix, and goes up to 10 centimeters. No cervix left. All cervical tissue has temporarily disappeared so baby can descend from the uterus into the vagina. Generally, Active labor, a.k.a. the part where your cervix is changing more quickly and contractions are close together and they want you to stay in the hospital, starts at 4 to 6 centimeters. The provider also feels to see how thin the cervix is, effacement, and how low the baby's head is, station. But this is already too much information. The provider can do a visual exam with a speculum and a light to see the cervix, but that is generally only done in cases of preterm labor because, one it is not as accurate as a manual exam because the cervix may be able to be opened more than it visually appears. And two, it's really painful to lie flat for a speculum exam when you're having a freaking baby. Plus, three, the act of touching the cervix can irritate the cervix and cause more contractions, which is why they sometimes avoid manual exams in preterm labor. Uh. Okay, uh, this is far too much information and absolutely unrelated to your general content, but a la Ben Wyatt, It would have bothered me if I didn't say something for the record Tiffer strongly encouraged me to write this insisting you love to be schooled. And I will say we do love that. We do
0: love to be schooled. Thank you, Adeline. Yeah.
1: Love the show. You're my first listen every Thursday morning and please keep doing what you're doing. Truly excellent stuff. Love Adeline. We love you too.
0: Adeline.
2: Love you. Big sis.
0: Love. I never met you, but I like you. I, I love her. She's She First of all, she sounds great. This was very eloquent. It was clear. I understood everything. Definitely done. And now uh, I'm going to ask my best friend who had a baby if the doctor shoved his hand up her hoo-ha. Yikes. So that will be a fun conversation. An absolute yike. Anyway... Now that we've talked about giving birth. Let's talk about the
1: movie. We watched Sex and the City. And this was the this movie. was uh, the dealer's choice and the dealer was me. It was, yeah. <laughs> I know you have your own history with it. I haven't really watched a lot of the show. I've seen bits and also like through general osmosis. And also I feel like clips are always like just in the ether. Like if you, at a certain point you'll see something or hear something of the show because it's so
0: I'm hesitant it's to say one of iconic, HBO's but it's... most famous show It truly, like... It's like Game of Thrones, Sex and the City, Sopranos. Yeah. It was also such a big deal at the time, because it
1: was like, oh, we're showing women who like sex, seek sex out, who choose career over relationships, and it was, like, a big deal at the time. And But I will say, what made it kind of a big deal at the time are also things that make it very evident. And I think these things were to borrow to, to kind of problematic at the time, but also especially now it's just very evident how it, it it's, it's even, it seems even more dated is what I'm trying to say a lot of the time. I would agree with like, that. Carrie is a sex columnist who is a fucking prude. She's mean to everyone. She has a bisexual boyfriend and she's like, Ugh, that's not a thing. How about get fucked by someone else then? Like get fucked. Sorry.
2: It's okay. Um, defend it your, me defend
1: yourself. It made me mad. And the, both as a person who has empathy for other people but also uh, as I, a, as a bisexual As a bisexual.
0: But you're right though because and this is <laughs> I've seen the entire show. Yeah. Full disclosure, I watched it when I had some kind of weird flu in 2012. You told me and you're in Italy. Right? Well, I watched is it this right in Italy. It was right before I went to Italy there for four we go. months. Okay. It Sorry. was like the week before I was, it was over my 21st birthday. I had a 103 degree fever. Oh my, God. my poor dad was there with me. My dad does not do well with like sickness or like oh. hospital stuff. Yeah. So, um, He just kind of, like, let me be while I, like, fever dream watched all of Sex in the City. (laughs) And then he packed my suitcases for me. Didn't know what to pack me, which is why all the pictures of me in Italy, I have, like, really weird clothes. (laughs) (laughs) It's because my dad was doing his best. Yes. Thank you, Dad. Um, That that winter, I broke up with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, on again, off again. Yeah. We broke up, got back together, and then I broke up with him for the final time. Yeah. And during both breakups, I watched the Sex and the City movie over and over and over again. Because, mm. like, something that I've discovered about myself during the pandemic is that I have pretty bad anxiety. Oh, on. And that a way that I curb it is by doing the same thing over and over and over again because it's comforting because I know what's going to happen.
1: Welcome to my world, babe. Oh,
0: fuck. So— this movie has like a mega breakup in it, and so when you're sad and in your feelings, I, or at least for me, I was like, oh, I relate. I'm so <laughs> sad. I'll mm-hmm. never love again. Yeah. I'm. It, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the basic plot of the movie it takes place after the events of the show. Yeah. So Carrie is with Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. Charlotte and Harry are together. They adopted their daughter Lily. Mm-hmm. They're having a great time. Mm-hmm. Miranda and Steve and Brady and Magda are all having a great time. Mm-hmm. Magda's the house, housekeeper. housekeeper. Yeah. Okay. Ukrainian housekeeper. Okay. Um, Steve, we don't know if he has a job. He's kind of like a house dad. Miranda's a high powered lawyer. Mm-hmm. Charlotte owns an art gallery. Harry's a divorce attorney. Carrie is a writer, sex columnist, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who Mr- I like, think she said like three books. Something like that. Also, and at the like, end of the show, she worked for Vogue. Yeah.
1: And also something, and maybe they, do they address us in the show? But like, Part of her, I, I think the conceit of the show is that we're essentially hearing her columns and her read, hearing her books. Like, this is all, these are all stories from her books and her columns. Yes. And it's like, oh, is she for real using their names? And so she's just telling her friends sexual business to everybody? Like, that would upset me.
0: Anyway, That's never addressed. And, really. and then Samantha is Samantha is um, my favorite. Um, yeah, Samantha moves to LA with Smith, and she's his agent. And uh-huh. She's like a millionaire, high-powered PR lady. Yeah, but they're all still best friends. Yeah. They're living their lives. They're doing great. And so we meet up with everyone at the beginning of the movie uh, with Carrie and Mr. Big getting this beautiful apartment. It's like a penthouse, right? Something like that. It's something ridiculously beautiful and expensive. That's like several million dollars. And I don't remember what Mr. Big does, but he's. Bajillion. More money. Got money. She prioritizes her money differently. So yes. if, if Carrie wants to drop $600 on a pair of Manolo Blahniks, so... that's what she prioritizes. <sighs> okay. And that's up to her. That's up to her. If she wants to buy the shoes, buy the fucking shoes. Buy the shoes. Life, life, is, life short. is short. <laughs> oh, we're friends. Life is short. It's um, hard to be alive sometimes. If yes. you find a way to be happy and shoes make you happy, buy the fucking shoes. I bought shoes.
1: But also my other shoes were falling apart.
0: But yeah. Been there. But so, I didn't buy Manolo Blahniks. I fully bought. <laughs> I don't think they make Manolos in our size. No, they don't.
1: In my size,
0: they do not. They I'm, said, fuck you, tall
1: bitch. Get fucked. Walk home in some boots.
0: Yeah. Not our boots. Not our Manolo boots. I don't think they make boots, do they? You know what? That doesn't matter. At the least, point is. We're
1: not the bitches <laughs> to ask about shoe brands.
0: Definitely not. No. Um, but Carrie, Mr. Big, basically, she's like, oh, I don't know if I can afford it. And he buys the apartment. Yeah. So then a big point of contention right off the bat uh, that her friends tell her is like, well, what if something happens because you guys were so on and off again? Yeah. It's in his name. You're selling your apartment. Where are you going to live? And she's like, it'll be fine. It's ours. But then, of course, because Carrie is really immature uh-huh. and takes a while to process things notoriously on the show, uh-huh. she basically goes to Mr. Big and she's like, I didn't appreciate that you bought that. I yeah. wanted us to buy it together, and he's like, "Well, I bought it for us. Yeah. It's just money. I have a lot of it." Yeah, And Which, he's cooking as he's doing this. It was very sexy.
1: Honestly, there were moments on we like we both loved what's Chris. No,
0: we both love Chris. No. those eyebrows? I made numerous jokes that he was Ali's dad Thank because you of for eyebrows. I kept being like, "He's not my dad." <laughs> Just Google him and his eyebrows and you'll see what I mean. He doesn't look like me. No, he doesn't. It was a joke, Allie. I know, but he's not my dad. <laughs> I know he's not your dad.
2: <laughs>
0: Are you, you okay? Met my dad. <laughs> Why would you say this? <laughs> you met my dad. You're Chris right. Chris is not my dad. You're right. How could I?
1: Also, Chris Noth, what up? Also, his name sounds like it's difficult for me, a person with a lisp. A slight lisp. It's Saying Chris Noth is like, how dare you make me do that world?
0: I think people just really know him as Mr. Big from the show. (sighs) If I'm being real with you. I know. Anyway. Um, And he is the waspiest. His character is the waspiest name. His name name. is John James Preston. Barf. Barf. Barf.
1: Anyway, Um, Carrie's like, but I worry, like, what if something happens? Then I won't have my apartment. Like, And... He's like, well, well, then don't sell your
0: apartment. Yeah. Which is a logical thing to say. That's what I was saying. The the whole movie was me saying, don't sell your apartment. I need to say this. You're in New York, I'm probably going to get a lot of heat from Sex and the City fans. But even though Mr. Big is like, throughout the show, is like kind of shitty and non committal, he's really the most logical, level headed person in the whole show. I don't know about that. I think he is. I also
1: haven't watched enough of the show to say anything
0: about No, it. like he fully is. Like mm-hmm. next would probably be Miranda, but Miranda also um, is extremely reactive. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing in the show is that he's like, I don't know what I want. Oh, I want Carrie. I don't know if I want Carrie. Oh, I want mm-hmm. Carrie. I don't know if I want Carrie. Which sucks, but then at the end of the show, when she goes to Paris, she leaves everything to go to Paris with Mikhail Barishnikov in an abusive relationship, and he. The last episode of the of the series is Mr. Big going to Paris to take her home because she finally realizes that she's miserable. Oh, and she goes with him.
1: Good. Well, how did she keep her
0: job? How did what? How did she get a job? Well, I think this was. I think this was, well. She didn't have a job in Paris. She just went to go be with him, with Baryshnikov. I hate this. He's like, I am an artist. I go to Paris. Will you come visit? That's very cool. Actually, his his English is very good. But he was like, come with me to Paris. And then she just is like, has nothing to do, Mm -hmm. doesn't know anyone. And he gets upset whenever she does anything. Oh. But if she gets upset when he blows her off, she's a bitch. It's like that kind of relationship. Ew, that's gross. Yeah. So that's where we're I don't at. like
1: that. That's also, where we're don't at they going just, into
0: this movie. Also,
1: don't they just call him the Russian?
0: Yeah. Be nice. Anyway. No, that's fine. <laughs> what if I only them, called you the Russian? I don't give a shit. Okay. Because I'm not <laughs> I'm Ukrainian. <laughs> I was going to say... So then Mr. Big and Carrie are like, what if we got married? Yeah. And initially it's going to be a small thing where they're like
1: 75 people. And then because Carrie works at Vogue, they're going to do a spread on her in the magazine because she's 40 and And, getting married. And it just spirals. And it's 1972,
0: apparently. (laughs) Well, the the point is that they want it to be small and basically her circle of friends and all the people they know, they're basically like, well, we want you to have a great wedding and it's your first wedding. We don't care that it's Mr. Big's third wedding. He can go fuck himself. Um, And so things just kind of spiral out of control as more and more people get involved. So for example, Charlotte's friend, uh, I don't remember his name. I think it's Anthony. I think it is. The stereotypical mean Italian gay wedding planner. yeah. Awful stereotype. Awful. But he basically is like, for an example, everyone just gets involved because she's like, oh, I have 76 people I want to invite. He's like, you can't invite 76 people because it sounds bad. Mm-hmm. And they had a small wedding of 76, mm-hmm. which is like, shut the fuck up, dude. Up. Um, and so then she gets the spread in Vogue uh-huh. and essentially the editor uh-huh. pulls the string because she's like, you wouldn't have worked at Vogue if it wasn't for me, Played which is Candace true. Bergen. Played by Candice Bergen. And Candace basically is like, I want you to be 40 in the decades shoot or whatever. And Carrie's like, I don't really want to. And she's like, Carrie, do it. Yeah. Like with the subtext, I made you. Yeah. I pulled in so many favors to get you the job at Vogue that you threw away. Uh-huh. Do the fucking photo shoot. Yeah.
1: And at the photo shoot, there's like it's like a ultimate fantasy of like trying on different wedding gowns and she gets sent one by Vivian Westwood. And
0: it's is, honestly a very beautiful but very
1: over-the-top wedding dress. Very over-the-top. So at one point, so they're going to get married, and they're arriving separately. They're getting married at the— um, The New York Public Library. And yeah. the
0: wedding's balloon. It's The press is going to be there. There's, like, over 200 guests. It's at the New York Public Library— and um, On the way there, Mr. Big. Well, no, like, first we have oh. to talk about the rehearsal dinner oh, and Miranda. God. I'm oh, anyway, Miranda and Steve. So Steve and Miranda are having trouble in their marriage. Basically, she's getting busier and busier. And like she's a working parent uh-huh. with this kind of like, we don't really know what Steve does. Yeah. And they're having sex. And she's like, when will this be over? Can we just get this over with? She literally says, just get it over with. Which is not cool to say not to your partner cool. during during sex, not I think. Cool. Like if you're not into it, don't do it. Like if you're gonna just lay there and be like, whatever, I'm in my I opinion, you, should, yeah. you might as well just not do it.
1: Also, I think you should have a conversation of like, hey, I'm not really feeling this, I'm very tired, or like, or even just like, hey, I don't want it. Like consent can be revoked at any point. Correct. Like, um consent is something that is ongoing. However, I do think that you should be, you when your partner should be in a space where if one of you is like, I kind of want this to end more soon, <laughs> like more quickly, you should be able to say that to each other.
0: If you're tired, just be like, make this one a quickie, bud. Then we're going to sleep. Yeah, I
1: would like to do this, but we have a limited time span because I'm very tired. Is that okay with you? Yeah.
0: Or you could just say like, I'm really tired right now. Why don't we have a special date night next week? Yeah. Oh, that's And nice. we'll fuck hard. Like, whatever. Like... At no point do either of them say that to each no, other. And none. so then Steve goes and fucks someone else. Well, he says, I had sex with someone else and I feel really terrible
1: because you're so great. And it only happened once.
0: And it didn't mean anything. But I, I don't know. I agree with Miranda on this one. Mm-hmm. She completely cuts him off. Yeah. And then we go to the rehearsal dinner mm-hmm. the night before Carrie and Big's and wedding. And Steve shows
1: up. He waits outside. He sees, like, I think Samantha outside. Samantha,
0: Smith, and Big are all smoking cigars, having fun. And yeah. he shows up, and they're like, hey, Steve, because they're all friends. And he's yeah. like, can you guys get Miranda? I don't want to go yeah. in there. And, then and she's
1: like, for sure. Comes out, Miranda's
2: like. Screams has, at him.
1: Yeah, and, she, they, and the whole time he has been like, I'm so sorry. Like, he very apologetic all whole time and she's yeah, like but also you can't take off. it back yeah and she's like f- f- fuck off she, I think she says like you broke us
0: yeah she does say that and she yells at him it's like very whoa yeah. oh, no then this then is he happening in public or something I think he leaves and she turns on and Big is there
1: and she says to he Big he asks her if she's okay yeah and she says you're making a mistake by getting married
0: yeah she's like, like what are you even doing you're crazy to even get married yeah and then Mr. Big is like oh no uh huh. and then he is kind of weird about it and is like he even calls Carrie of like the night before when it's supposed to be like a fun night and they have this she has to give him a pep talk basically to like show up at the wedding yeah and then and then the surprise day, surprise he, he, he
1: doesn't show up he says I can't do this and then he turns around and he's like, What am I doing? And he turns around and he shows up again and she's but like, he's are,
0: But he, he's already done it because yeah. they were at they were yeah. on the steps of the New York Public Library. And he called her and was like, they I were, have been calling
1: you. And she's like, I don't I can't find she's my like, phone. She's like, I don't
0: have my phone. It's our wedding day. Why are you calling me? You should just be there. Yeah. Like you should already and he goes, be here. I can't do this. And she's like, I need to leave. Well, she drops has a panic attack yeah. because I mean, I get it. Yeah. If I if I were there in front of all of my friends, all of my family. Work colleagues, acquaintances, and the press. Uh-huh. And I made such a big deal about, yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm finally getting married. Uh-huh. And then he didn't show up. Oh, yeah. She even says, like, he pulls up
1: because he's like, oh, what am I doing? And he gets out of the car and he goes, Carrie, I'm sorry. And she, handsome with her bouquet. And
0: first of all, let me just interrupt oh. you. Sarah Jessica Parker runs so gracefully in four inch heels. I don't know how the woman she does she work this. out with heels? She must. Does she go on the stairmaster with heels? She Mariah Carries. This is for a legitimate sure. question. That's a reference to MTV
1: Cribs. Yeah. She Mariah Carries. Oh, fuck. Mariah Carey got on the Stairmaster in, in in like five inch heels. Good! That bitch works. Love her. But yes, S3P and she's like she even says I am humiliated. And Carrie and honestly, no, like Charlotte. honestly pretty good acting though. Uh, not bad. I thought not it was bad. Good. No, and then so like the girls carry her away, and she like is heartbroken, and so, because she already paid for her honeymoon at this resort in Mexico,
0: and they can't she wanted get to a like refund. surprise him, and so. Samantha works some of her PR magic and she's mm-hmm. like, Guess what? The four of us are gonna go. Yeah. And then Miranda does a classic Miranda being like, um, I have a job. And Samantha's like, first of all, we all have jobs. Yeah, she, second of all, that's our best friend, and she just got left at the altar. You can work from the resort. Yeah. She's straight up and nice.
1: And I will say the moments that I think are the strongest in this movie. And also in the TV show are the ones that are about the friendship between these women, which I know is like the whole thing of the show is like your soulmates are sometimes your friends.
0: But it's I really like nice but to see because there's really a lot because, of strength yeah. and depth to yeah. the relationship. And you can t- and
1: there like there are different conversations. Like part of this is that Charlotte is so happy in her marriage and in her life. And at one point, we find out Charlotte is pregnant. Charlotte finds out that she's pregnant after, I think it's the idea is that she hasn't been able to be, get pregnant. For like, for years, and for that's years. why they
0: adopted and Lily. And that's why they adopted.
1: And it's also is a thing that happens a lot, is the second a couple gets a child through adoption, they, like, immediately get pregnant. This well, happens a lot. Yeah, it
0: makes sense, because you yeah. don't have underlying anxiety about trying to conceive, if and, that's your goal. Yeah, and, like, my favorite, I think it was my
1: favorite part of the whole movie, honestly, and it had nothing to do with any romantic relationship was there's a scene where Charlotte is talking to Carrie and she's like, I'm terrified because she normally jogs and she's like, I'm not jogging right now or whatever. Yeah, and, and she's Carrie's like, oh, like
0: well, why did the doctor say you couldn't? And she's and like, no. she's like, no, I can't. I just don't want to lose the baby. Yeah, and
1: she's also, and what she says is like, I'm terrified. I feel guilty because my life, everything, I'm getting everything I want my life is so good and your life and and Miranda's life, like you guys are, Things are going terribly for you guys. And you guys are so wonderful and great. Like, what's going to happen to me? How like,
0: far will I fall? How far will I far, yeah. fall,
1: essentially? And um, and it's just very, and Carrie, the reason I bring this up is because when they're in Mexico, Charlotte gets diarrhea and poops her pants.
0: It's <laughs> honestly really funny. And the, the, the point and, of the And story, the, joke, the thing in the story is, yeah.
1: Carrie goes, honey, you pooped your pants this year. You shit your pants this year. I think you're covered.
0: Yeah, and. <laughs> which is first of all fucking fair, and second of all, the poop the pants story in Mexico is pretty funny. It's kind of, but it also it's feels also, very, it's very like well, it's lame very like, and kind of
1: racist. Well, yeah, because
0: it's it's funny because there's poop, and yeah. poop is always funny. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> we are very smart. Uh, but but it is very kind of racist because Charlotte's whole thing in Mexico is like ew you can't drink the water because it's Mexico so she drinks only bottled water and like snack pack pudding cups that she brings with her for like a week (sighs) which is like and And like everyone else is eating and drinking and they're fine they're fine
1: and what happens is she opens her mouth while showering and so water gets in her mouth and that's how she gets diarrhea that's not how it would work if it's okay for you to shower in you can ingest it you're fine It's also it's like a myth. Honestly, I feel like wait, is this? Hold on, I have an idea. I think maybe she didn't actually get diarrhea from the water. She got diarrhea because all she did was eat snack packs and her own shit. Not she didn't eat her own shit. I mean her own food. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to say the stuff that she brought.
0: (laughs) That's like that Nick Swartzen. That's my favorite joke. My cat.
1: (laughs) I will say I do love this Nick Swartz joke where it's like, I brought my cat to the vet. I was like, my cat has diarrhea. What have you been feeding it? Diarrhea.
0: Diarrhea. (laughs) It's so gross.
1: That's the grossest joke. It makes me laugh every time. We
0: are 30. We're 30? Anyway.
1: Uh, so, so she shits him. anyway. She shits her pants. They're at the resort. They have a good... oh Carrie. And um, this is when doesn't Carrie doesn't leave laughs. bed for like. Well, because she's depressed. Minutes, cause she's in and and shock. At one she's point, like, will I ever
0: laugh again? And they're like, Yeah, bitch, when something's funny. And when she and what makes her laugh is Charlotte shitting Pooped. pooped in
1: her pants. She pooped in her pants. My cousin, I won't <laughs> say his name, but one of my cousins <laughs> couldn't say his peas. He. He had trouble saying words that started with P. He would replace it with a B sound. (laughs) (laughs) And one time he said, I booped in my pants. It's been like
0: 25 years and that's still one of the funniest things I've ever heard. That's incredible. I booped in my (laughs) pants. I booped in my pants. (laughs) so um, that's what happens in Mexico. Also um, there's some pubic hair shaming that I didn't find I didn't like cuz like, basically Samantha
1: so looks over at Miranda and is like God honey when have you waxed and she's like I'm busy. Also none of your business. Someone can have a full bush. A full bush. bush. It's fine.
0: A full George HW. I'm s- no.
2: <laughs>
0: <sighs> I'm sorry. Would you prefer Barbara instead? A full I have Barbara.
1: A I think you could say Barb. <laughs> Honestly, even if I'm honest, I even just say W. Because he also committed war crimes, but he was like fun.
0: He, yeah, he, he did cocaine. Now. Like, he's fun. <laughs> this is where we're at his, as a society. His dad
1: didn't do cocaine, he did cocaine. So we know he's cool. He's fun. His dad distributed cocaine into black neighborhoods to criminalize being black.
0: Um. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. <but laughs> so, anyway, they go back to New York.
1: Carrie dyes her hair brown, which means that Sarah Jessica Parker puts on a brown wig.
0: Um, and they, uh, Miranda and Samantha negotiated her getting her apartment back yes. from whoever bought it from her. Uh-huh. And they got all her stuff shipped back there as well. Got it. So when they get back to New York, Carrie hires an assistant. Played by Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson, Hudson. Who and is this, wonderful. This is something I want to say really, about this, though. Uh, this, we both talked about this when we watched it. And this is something... This that is, we need to discuss because uh, it's the trope of the magical Negro. this That's what like that like, and
1: uh, here's the thing. she had Jennifer Hudson had just won her Oscar for Dream uh, girls for Dream girls, yeah. and she steals that movie. And so what? And basically, and she is Carrie's assistant. So what this says is if you are a black woman and you win an Academy Award and you are universally known as being one of the most talented people alive, your gift, Your reward is playing the help. Your reward is playing the assistant to Sarah Jessica Parker and Being whatever she needs in this movie.
0: I agree. And that's, that's not what the exhausting. magical Negro trope no, is. No, the that majority, trope she is she just basically, shows up and. Well, the trope is that there is a black character who. Typically is a man. Usually. usually a man or mm-hmm. an older woman mm-hmm. who is. Mammy from uh, Gone with the Wind is a good example yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Will Smith in The Legend of Bagger Vance, which yeah. is a wild movie. Or even um, uh, Green Mile. With Morgan Freeman, absolutely. No, sorry, no. No, I mean, sorry. What one? Michael Clark Duncan. Thank you, but which one was Morgan Freeman in? I think he literally played God.
1: Oh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Thank you, Shawshank. Yeah. That's but what he also thinking played of. God.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> the but mo- the trope of this character is that. They are wise. They are mm-hmm. there to help you and guide you, mm-hmm. um, and then they just disappear when they're when they're done. When they when when, when, when the white character does you get what, need what them. you need from them, yeah.
1: they the, are gone. They're gone. When the white character gets what they need from them, they're gone.
0: And, and in the they don't, this, give, they don't no. give Jennifer Hudson a really big part or like and a real character. I think she she doesn't have a character. She's like I love love and I'm here to help. Care. She's supposed to be from St. Louis. I'm here from St. Louis, and Her I'm here to Louise. help. Carrie realized that she can love again. Yeah, and it's,
1: what's fr- here's the thing. I think Jennifer Hudson is great in she this. She is. She's delightful. Because I think it's, honestly, I think it's like impossible for her. I mean, I'm sure. She's so is.
0: charming. She
1: is so, she's a light. Like she shows up in things and you're like immediately compelling, interesting, like. You want to watch her. She
0: brings real life to this piece of shit role. Yeah, and... Um, And the reason that she gets hired as Carrie's assistant is because... She's like, oh, I have a degree in computer science. I moved to New York for love because my St. Louis boyfriend broke up with me, but I still believe in love and I'm going to find it. And she loves And bags. I love designer bags. And Carrie's like, you can't afford a designer bag. And she's like, that's because I rent it, bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's how she gets hired. That's how she gets hired. And then as a gift to her, when Louise and her oh boyfriend God. get back together oh and they God. get engaged and she moves back to St. Louis, is Carrie gets her Louis Vuitton purse and it is the it's, ugliest purse the, I have ever seen that was the ugliest purse it looks like it's hideous sna- it looks like primary colors snake skin that was designed by a kindergartner with cardboard it's
1: horrid what the fuck this movie goes on forever yeah so the, this movie the, the here's the email, thing this is, this about is what emails. I have to say something this movie is essentially three to four episodes of sex in the city smushed together yeah They could easily have done like on
0: and on and on. They could easily have done what Parks and Rec did and just did like another season. Yeah, this could have been like a mini season. Well, no,
1: because they were like we're ending it. Also, uh, Kim Cattrall was like, "No, I want to leave."
0: Yeah, except she came back for the second movie. And because they negotiated
1: things, they were already paying her for another thing through HBO. Oh, really? Okay.
0: It it was like
1: a nightmare to get this thing into production. Well, for those
0: who don't know, there's a huge rivalry between SJP and Kim Cattrall. Yeah, Um, you honestly would not know that from watching the show because they are both professionals and they are both good actors. Yeah, we need to talk about the emails and the love letters. Okay, so Jennifer Hudson's like, "Who is
1: uh, JJP?" And they're like, (gasps) "It's Mr. Big." It's Mr. Big, and he sends an email that just says, "I don't know what to say."
0: Which is, then don't fucking send the email. Which I think is even what Carrie says. Yeah. And and she's like, like, put these somewhere where I never have to see them again.
1: And Jennifer Hudson makes a little look. And so, you know, like, oh, she's going to put them somewhere. She's going
0: to hide them somewhere special. She's going to hide them somewhere special. Because her magical powers will soon reveal that Carrie will need to see them someday. Even though she doesn't want to. Like,
1: truly, Jennifer Hudson deserves better. It really is insane. Like, truly, she got cast in this movie right after winning the Academy Award.
0: Yeah, this was the best she could do. (laughs) No, I don't think it was. I think... I don't. This think, is not on Jennifer Hudson. No, that's not what I mean. Like, this is the best thing that was out there for her after winning an Oscar, and this is routine for
1: specifically in this in- instance, like black actresses. And Viola Davis has talked about black this.
0: actresses who aren't thin. Yeah, like Octavia Spencer um, is another good example. Just anyone, like truly Jennifer Hudson. Well, like think about like Viola Davis is
1: incredible and has won, I believe, an Oscar. I mean, and I think she's almost at an EGOT, if not already at an EGOT. Oh, shit. Um, but, like, but she, also she is also like, not on the same level. Like, she and Meryl Streep have the same resume, essentially. Like, they both were classically trained. They've done this movie. They've done that. Like, they are not paid the same. They are not on the same level. They are not respected in the same way.
0: They're not cast in the same kind. of movies. They're not cast in the same kind of no, things. No, you're absolutely right. And this is a routine thing that
1: happens and I think that this movie is an example of that kind of prejudice. Because even though we love Jennifer Hudson, we love Singer in this movie, and she is wonderful and a delight, and just I love her. It is fucked up that this woman, right off of one of the biggest moments in in anyone's career,
0: winning was a, a fucking Oscar, winning a
1: fucking Oscar, was like, okay, you get to be you the get hel- to be Carrie's literally assistant. the help.
0: Yeah, it's. Isn't racism fun? Uh, It
1: really isn't. I mean, here's the thing. All three of us benefit from it every day. But it is disgusting how racist... Everything is, but it's particularly in this country, but especially in, this, in our media and how and it's reflected. Sex in
0: the city is a really good example of yeah. that because it's just like a white show. The darkest person they have there are the Hispanic people when they're in Mexico, uh being native Mexicans who are working at the resort. And then We never learn their names. Nope. And then their Eth- one Italian gay friend. He is like the most ethnic person they know. Yes. And um In New York. In New York. It's
1: it's tiring. And then, um, oh, Samantha also has a whole storyline about how she and Smith are,
0: what's Samantha's deal? She's his PR person and she like basically moved to LA because he's an actor. And and she's like, I they end up breaking up because she's
1: like, I love you a lot, but I don't like being in a relationship and I don't like this.
0: Well, and also their careers are going in different directions yeah. because he's he's not able to devote as much time to her as mm-hmm. either of them would like. Yeah. Um, and they have the most mature breakup I've ever seen. Honestly, because I, they were the only people in the movie who actually said what they liked or needed out of a relationship. Absolutely, because <laughs> Smith is basically like, I'll always love you no matter what. But you need to be happy. I mm-hmm. figured this would happen. And yeah. if you feel happy or not being with me, then we need to not be together. Which is great. They have like a really loving, great breakup, which I, I thought was well, because they'll Well, because they're, they're always going to love each other, but mm-hmm. Samantha just isn't... Like her character, she's the one who she's the one that
1: fucks. She fucks.
0: Um.
1: She was, sorry. I'm late, girls. I was with a man with the most marvelous cock. Like, just boy. I can do a better chem control. I know uh, I
0: can do it. Okay. I know I here we go. Here we go. I don't know. Give me something to say. Like, oh, you should do the the scene where they substitute sex for coloring. She's like, I, I could color all day and all night, anywhere and anytime. I could and color we're like, all great. day or all night.
1: I like every crayon in the box. <laughs>
0: I'm good at this. You are. <laughs> Thank you. So that, that's what happens with, uh, uh, what's her name, Samantha. Mm-hmm. And because she's trying to keep herself from cheating, she starts eating a lot emotionally. Oh, I and, did not like this. Yeah, and she's, she gains some weight. And so, first of all, the, the fashion in this movie, as with the show, is questionable. Oh, my um, God. The amount of fedoras people wear. There were a how lot many, of fedoras How many in this times movie. did a scene start? And I went, okay, hat. Hat? hat? If you took a shot in this movie every time someone wore a hat, you would be... Fucked up. You would up. die. He you would, would be die. fucked up. But she... This is... So she's... Basically, they're having Charlotte's baby shower at Carrie's mm. apartment. Samantha shows up, and the mean Italian uh, gay man goes, What's with the gut? Which and- is, like, so stereotypical that it's a loud, obnoxious this- Italian gay man... <sighs> who comments on women's bodies. This movie is... And re- it's just like, you you know, you can be gay and be a fine person. That's the thing. Also, movie- you can be gay in Italian and that you don't have to be the <laughs> loudest person in the room. Someone say my name. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but um they're all like, God, Samantha, you really let yourself go. And I turned to Mel and I went, Mel, she and I have the same body.
0: Yeah, but also <laughs> what they go on to say, because the only person who says that she let herself go out loud, is Anthony. What's his face? Mm -hmm. And then everyone is looking at her weird because she's wearing, she's basically like wearing clothes that she doesn't fit in anymore. So her belly is showing a little bit, which is like, first of all, a big who cares. cares? It's Kim Cattrall. She looks great. Anybody, also, if you want to show your belly, fucking show it. Show your belly. You're really not hurting anybody. No one. It's no one's problem. It really affects zero people. It truly does. Um, And so then they go on to talk to her because she's like, I think I have to break up with Smith, and I've been emotionally eating. And they're like, "Well, you would be beautiful at any size, but how do you feel?" And she was like, "I'm mad." Because she's like, "I don't feel good in my body." And they're like, "Well, now you know your answer now." Yeah,
1: and also because she has been eating because her next door neighbor is this guy, this French actor. He's
0: like a Bobo Antonio Banderas. No, he is not. Yes, he is. He really isn't. Babe. Yes, he is. I
1: don't agree.
0: Okay, listeners, I have an important task for you. He is not. You have to Google this movie. I don't know his name. He's the hot guy that lives next to Samantha. Tell me he's not Bobo Antonio. He is very much not. Find us on social media. Email us. Hellnocast email. at we, gmail.com. We find... Uh, at one point, we see his penis. We see... he's He's got a schlong. It was, ter- it was good for he's him. He's got a... We're happy it's, for him. It's like... It's uncomfortably, it's like, okay, I felt like Lars von Trier talking about Willem Dafoe. It was uncomfortably and astonishingly and confusingly large. Confusingly large. Um, I, I was more just like, good for him.
1: Anyway, Samantha, Samantha never has, she's basically like watching this man, being like, I wish I could have sex with and this man, and he offers,
0: and she's like, No, nope, nope. I am in a relationship, and that's when
1: she's like, I need to get out of this relationship. Does not have sex with that man. We never see him again, and I'm okay with that for the reason of like, Oh, the this the the answer wasn't the problem with their relationship was not oh Samantha doesn't get to fuck this guy, the problem is that she wants to just have sex with other people in general, and also doesn't feel comfortable in this relationship anymore.
0: Right, and, and so the solution is they isn't love each other enough that man. it wouldn't be open. Yes. And so the only solution is to leave. Yeah, and so, oh, uh, Steve so,
1: and Miranda go to marriage counseling. go to marriage counseling, and they make a decision like, okay, we're going to meet on the Brooklyn Bridge.
0: This is this like time. famous. If you know anything about this movie, like this is the one. Thirty and Rock has a joke about. Thirty this. Rock has a
1: joke about it. I love it because Peter Dinklage. Says, Peter
0: Dinklage is so good. Tina Fey is explaining it, and he goes, oh, "God, so bored." He's like, <laughs> "I'm already bored." Anyway, so they, they the
1: are, idea is they're they're gonna if they meet. both want to continue this relationship and like leave the past behind them and start fresh, they're going to meet at this time on the Brooklyn Bridge at this point, like halfway between. And Miranda at one point is like, oh, my God, I don't think he's going to show up. And then she sees him and they're so happy and they just, they're so happy to, to be together again. And then they do... They, they do complicated they, sex they, moves. Uh, it's not that complicated.
0: It looks complicated to me. It was
1: not that complicated,
0: you guys. Oh, have you done it? No. <laughs> no? Then I don't want to hear it. I... What do you mean? No, I... No, I haven't, you
1: guys. I, <laughs>
0: guys, I don't...
1: As we Guys, if you fuck, you're a nerd... <laughs> as we established last week <laughs> you fuck your dork have fun point dexter <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: uh, anyway <laughs> they they so they get back together great. and this made me kind of mad like huh. i i disagree i know every relationship is different and people have different goals and what they want from each other uh-huh. but if that if i had a kid with someone uh-huh. and like we were all trying our best uh-huh. uh First of all, I wouldn't treat my spouse the way Miranda treated Steve. But Mm -hmm. if my spouse cheated on me like that and it didn't even mean anything, that would make me more mad. You know what? You know
1: what I would be the most upset about is we have a kid. How do you have time to fuck somebody else?
0: Well, number one. But for (sighs) me, I guess maybe I should explain more is like if you have an affair with someone and you really care about them and you're just like, they're the one for me, not you. I can kind of get that. It's more painful in some ways because you want to build a life with that person but for me the meaningless affair is more hurtful because then what was the point yeah I understand that um so what else what I'm really this trying to say is that I hate Steve I and Miranda I don't they're my least
1: favorite I don't have a feeling about them I'm, I'm fine with this I
0: don't know I was fine with it I was happy for them it's okay I'm also invested because I have very like vivid and weird feverish memories of the show yeah um, but um, then Charlotte has her baby and, oh, because oh, she, runs she runs into, into Mr. Big, Big
1: and she's like, I'm so mad at you. And she becomes so mad that she goes into labor.
0: And so then <laughs> we, he insists on taking her to the hospital. And then Carrie goes because she's the godmother, essentially. Why? No, is she? No, no, they're Jewish. We don't do that. I was going to say, sorry, I forgot. She's uh, Carrie's like the first friend to show up. Yeah. I don't understand the relationship. But um, Harry like, is basically like, he wants me to tell you that he wrote you a bunch of letters. And she's like, he never wrote me any letters. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, I don't know. I just had a baby, so I'm full of love. Yeah. And so Carrie goes back to her apartment,
1: opens her thing. She is like, the computer, minute, The computer. And she sees there's like a fi- thing labeled like assistant files or whatever. And she's trying to find the password. She, like, calls Jennifer Hudson, who's back in St. Louis, and she's like, Bang. I have a wedding dress fitting. Like, get it together, Carrie. Ugh. Anyway, she figures out what the password is. And do you know how? Because, because, <sighs> because Jennifer Hudson had a keychain that said love. Because she's like, I carry
0: it with me everywhere. To remind me because I can't think of it for myself. Yeah. and so she I just gives have the word love Carrie, on my keychain. And she gives it to Carrie. So that Carrie will always remember to find and her so love. And so the password is love.
1: Barf. Barf! And in The Thing is a bunch of love letters because at the beginning of the book, sorry, beginning of the movie, Carrie's reading a book of like the hundred greatest love letters ever written or whatever.
0: Yeah. And they read Beethoven's most famous one to his mm-hmm. immortal beloved that yeah. ends with ever mine, ever thine, ever ours, mm-hmm. which is really a beautiful romantic letter. Ooh, la la. Not meant for us to read. No. Meant for her eyes only.
1: Yeah, have you read James Joyce's
0: love letters? You have read them to me. <laughs> Those—that's love, guys. Truly, James Joyce loved his wife Free and freak. and farts. <laughs> he was a dirty little man. Was a, I mean, I
1: could have told you that because I read Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. Yeah, I. I read that. He's not like, one of my favorite authors. It, I, here's the thing: I'm gonna be honest. I skimmed it because I had to read it for <laughs> class. Anyway, I mean, same. That was for you, James. (laughs) (laughs) No.
0: Anyway, but basically
1: he has sent her... So many emails, and each one is he typed out all the other love letters that were in that book. So
0: he didn't, he then he's like, I couldn't find the words, so I used someone else's. And it's supposed to be cute, but it's really just kind of lazy. It's lame. It's copy paste someone else. But the, and what like, he does why don't you say, just write your own message. And what, here's
1: the thing even the one that's technically his words is what she asked him to say to her, which is he goes, I will love you forever. That's what he ends up writing at the end.
0: Which is, like, great, but also, like... Just say that at the beginning. Don't leave her at the altar. And also, Mm -hmm. like, she... When they are talking to each other, she basically is like, I read the article of me in Vogue, and I was so selfish, and it was just me, 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 and I, I, I. And, like, first of all, you dumb idiot, the article's about you. The article's about you. So don't be ashamed of that, number one. And number two, Carrie blames herself on letting things spiral out of control when really they're both equally at fault in my eyes. They weren't consulting at, with each other about no, a wedding. At no point does he say to her, I am uncomfortable with how big this is getting. Yes. No pun intended. Well, she even his says, I let big. the wedding
1: get bigger than big. Okay.
0: Ugh.
1: Because she I'm loves sorry, puns. i threw
0: up. I couldn't
1: help but wonder, did I let the wedding get bigger than big? I couldn't help but wonder, do they put a wedge between us with my wedges? If I didn't get rid of my shoes, would he give me the boot? You're so good at this. (laughs) Thank you. Do you do improv? Oh, gosh. So she, oh, and she has to go back to their old apartment because
0: her Manolo Blahniks are still in the giant walk-in closet that they built for her. And they're like
1: $600 shoes or something.
0: yeah. Yeah. She's like, Oh, I'm gonna leave them. And Jennifer Hudson's like, You're not gonna leave shoes that cost the amount of my rent. Go. Yeah, <laughs> like Go. Um and so and surprise, surprise. Big is there. And they run and they
1: kiss, and then he they they have like kind of a talk, and then he proposes to her again in the closet. Cause he didn't really propose.
0: No, they just were like, Let's get
2: married. Yeah. So he, he does a
0: proper proposal. He gets on one knee and he uh Instead of a ring, he has her never-before-worn shoes. Oh, my God. Listen, and shoes also are important to earlier, her.
1: Also, earlier in the thing, she was reading Cinderella to Charlotte's daughter. And uh, it ends happily... And this is what she says to the child, like, Lily, you like know this isn't real, right? You know this doesn't happen.
0: And she's like, again! Yeah. Because she's like, three.
1: Like, to a three-year-old, she's like, you know, dreams are fake. <laughs> And love isn't real. it's like, okay, girl. Like,
0: wait till they're in middle school and they're already sad. This isn't about you, man. <laughs> this isn't about you, dude. Yeah. Then the they end of the movie. They get married at a courthouse. They go to the courthouse. She wears a very simple. She wears the dress that she was planning to wear originally that mm-hmm. she got at like a thrift store, a vintage shop or Which, something. Which, when she
1: first held it up, I was like, that's ugly. And but then it actually when she looks kind of nice. It looks great on her. Yeah. And then it turns out he invited her friends to be there right after they got out of the courthouse and they all go to dinner together.
0: They have a lovely time at a diner just as like one big happy family, which they all which they kind of are Uh chosen family. Um, And that's the end of the movie. And was it romantic? Uh, I wasn't like, oh, gee, what if I wasn't rooting for anyone to kiss? that's a good
1: barometer. I wasn't really... I mean, I think there were moments, I think you heard me say, where, I'm like, Chris Noth is just cooking and I'm like, oh, that seems nice. And I think I
0: just... Well, that's, like, a classic thing for Sex in the City because there's, like, a lot of little moments. Yeah. But none of them really add up to romance.
1: Yeah. Um. And but also, that's also kind of how life is because it's not, like, well, yeah. all about sweeping gestures.
0: Right. The grand romantic gesture is... Living with a someone lie. and like committing
1: to someone every day,
0: right? The grant um, you don't have to make a spectacle, and no. you don't have to like prove your love once and for all. Anyone can fall just, in love with a just, big gesture. Yeah, because are we are conditioned by this genre of film and mm-hmm. pop culture. We as women are conditioned to feel if a man goes out of his way to do something for you, he must really love you. The thing that you which call is,
1: love was invented by guys like me Exactly. To sell
0: nylons. Gross. Um, but uh, was that a Don Draper? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was a Don Draper. So, so I don't know. I take a lot of issue with that. And. Mm-hmm. I think romance can be found in smaller, smaller things. Like if we had expanded more on that scene when Mr. Big was cooking dinner, uh-huh. I think we could have had a lot of nice moments. Uh-huh. Um, but the film didn't really explore any of that because it was just, it would, like you said, it was just a bunch of episodes smushed into one. And there, I think there are good things within it. I, and also this movie is made for people
1: who watched the show and enjoyed the show and wanted those things out of the show
0: and also people who have been dumped who (laughs) want to know that there's still hope in the world yes so (laughs) i don't think it's like a bad
1: like you can have fun if you already wanted to watch this you're gonna have a good time if you like the show you're gonna have a good time as someone who didn't really watch the show it was a lot of me being like what the fuck hat
0: is this why is she wearing this hat you know i couldn't tell you. Now that we've discussed if it's romantic, did we think this movie was sexy, Allie? No. It didn't make me like, oh. Yeah, me neither. And there, and there have been movies we've watched where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like every time someone puts their fingers in someone else's mouth. It's not every time, but it's not none of the times. <laughs> Ugh. It's an ongoing debate. We will never see eye to eye on this. And that's okay. We can still be friends. What,
1: what do we normally? Oh, fuck, Mary, kill the most important question of most all. Most important
0: question. Okay. Do you want to go? Do you have one? I have one. Okay. All right. Fuck, Mary, kill. Do it. Hit me, Steve. Okay. Mister Big. Okay. Big penis man. <laughs> we I don't learn his name. We never learn his name. Does he say his name? I don't think so. If he did, we were distracted by his
1: by his penis. Um. Um. It's fuck my kill. Okay. Yeah. Um.
0: Steve, Mr. Big I would never. Penis man. Here's the
1: thing. I I love Chris. I think Chris Noth is great, and I do. I kind of like that he calls her baby, but I don't like that he calls her like kid or like he has a lot of like nicknames that are kind of derogatory. In a well, way. Well, he's a
0: lot older than she is. Well, I don't like that. Oh, okay. Um. So I. I
1: um. A controversial. I'm gonna kill Big. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I th- here's why. Because so I, why are I we can't. Doing... I, here's the thing. I know I should marry Big because Mulala's, but well but no, I, I would never feel comfortable enough to relax or be myself around him the whole time. It would be like a weird, like daddy thing. And that's grody oh, to me. Ugh. That's grody to me. Um. So I'm killing Mr. Big. I'm controversial. I'm going to marry Steve. I'm going to fuck the dude that. Who was only known in this movie for having sex?
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. I would have opposite. I would yeah. marry Mr. Big. Okay. Because obviously, power couple. That feels, yeah, that feels correct. For uh, I would kill Steve mm-hmm. because I don't have room in my life for Steve. Yeah. And I would, uh, I guess I would have sex with Big Penis Man. Oh, man. Twist her arm. <laughs> so that was so. Sex in the City. That was the Sex in the City movie. Allie, would you recommend this movie? If you liked the show, and want to have
1: like a girls' night or like a if you if you got comfort from the show, watch this movie. If you don't have any kind of ties to the show, it's fine. You can watch something else. It's yeah. not
0: you. You won't really get a lot out of it. Um, I think it's a it's a it's an okay breakup movie. Yeah, it's it's one like of those. if you if you just got dumped or if you dumped someone and you're sad. Drink a bottle of wine by yourself and watch this movie. I mm-hmm. guarantee you'll feel a lot better. Yeah, you could also watch—I don't know—any other. You could watch *The English Patient* and convince yourself that you're going to die alone in a cave with a broken leg, which is not something that I did.
1: <laughs> I don't think—I don't think people should do that. <laughs> um, also, *The English Patient* is 300 hours long. You'd think I would like it more because I'm someone who's down for Ray Fiennes. You do love him. I,
0: I'm down for it. Uh, it's fine. Would you recommend it? I would. I, no. I think I'm going to give this the mail stamp of approval.
1: I think that's fine. I would give it a. I Take it or leave it. You can do what you want from me. I'm not... This isn't one where I'm like, you gotta. Like, it, it's evident that they did a show together for a long
0: time and clearly... Everyone's that, got great chemistry. Great
1: chemistry and they clearly have a very good understanding
0: of their characters. So... And the acting was. is all good. Yeah. I don't think there's a bad actor in the movie. I would agree. Um... You know who so, my favorite actor was, though—the
1: who? girl whose face we, I think, we see her profile when she's walking into the like restaurant after Steve and Miranda are having their fight, <laughs> and it's a group of like twenty-year-olds, and there's one girl that just goes, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> That's that was my favorite. I would yeah. have nailed that. That would be you in the movie. So, I mean, what the fuck is happening? And then they need me to dub Kim Contrail, and I'm like, girls. <laughs> I'd recommend this movie. I give it five huge cogs.
0: Wow. <laughs> a plus. Girls,
1: my favorite thing about movies is the fact that you can fuck in them.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh. If I don't see a dick
1: in a movie,
0: why even watch? Well, this that... This has been You Had Me at Hell that, No. <laughs> yeah, that that was it. This has been You Had Me at Hell No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been Mel. I've been Allie. If you um
1: enjoyed this... Uh, give us a rating. Tell your friend. Well, give us a, a positive rating if you enjoyed it. Positive five stars would be preferable just for visibility. Write a visibility. review. Tell your listen. friends. Share the, share, the, uh, share the love. Share the humor. The I'm making crab hands. Crab ha- I don't know crab why. Crab hands.
0: Um, but well, share the crab. Share the crab. Because we, the three of us, really enjoy making this podcast every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also really enjoy that you listen to it. Yeah. And if you listen regularly, your support is even more appreciated. Yes. And, you know, the best way to give us some more visibility is five-star reviews and high ratings and likes. And share and and word of mouth. So if you have someone in your life who you think would enjoy listening to us, if you think they'd think we were funny or interesting, uh, definitely send them our way. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our website, HellNoCast.com. And uh, if you want to let us know something, you can always email us at uh, hellnocast
1: at gmail.com or Instagram or Twitter at, at hellnocast. The
0: Twitter that we never use. The Twitter that we occasionally are like this. We post to make sure Twitter thinks we're not a bot. Yes. <laughs> and and yet Twitter occasionally is like, You're
1: a bot. You're aren't a bot. You? I'm like I'm like, You're a, a dirty little bot. You're a dirty hey girl,
0: sorry I was late. Twitter thought I was a bot. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Thank you for listening.
1: Happy New Year.
0: (laughs) We appreciate you. Please listen to our show and share us with your friends. Bye. Love you. Love you. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous, as well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah.